This is the Cubicle Renegade Podcast, session number 14. Welcome to the Cubicle Renegade Podcast, where unfulfilled desk jockeys become fearless entrepreneurs. Learn from corporate escapees and world changers who are successfully building businesses that matter. Here's your host, Caleb Wojcik. Hey everyone, today I'm joined by Jacob Sokol, founder of Sensify.com and the organizer behind the brand new web conference on Entheos called WTF Should I Do With My Life? Thanks for joining me today, Jacob. Caleb, thanks so much for having me, dude. So people that don't know your story at all, what do you do now and kind of how did you get there? Yeah, so right now the kind of the why of what I do is I like to help people raise the quality of their life. And the um, the way that that came about is I, I kind of grew up a screw up to quote the notorious <laughs> B.I.G. And um, and I had a really, um, to put it politically correctly, I had a very adventurous childhood doing all types of things that most parents probably wouldn't want their child to do. Legal or and, illegal? <laughs> we'll save that for another conversation. <laughs> um, but like I was, I did graffiti probably from the time I was 10 years old until the time I was 20 years old. And that was my passion. When people talk about follow your passion, mm-hmm. that, that that's not advice I would give in that context. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I did. I really immersed myself. And that was kind of my, my biggest passion in life. And um, amongst other adventurous things that that would possibly entail. But I, kindly, I, I finally, got, finally got to a point in life where I had I had almost made it in a sense. Like I I straightened myself out. I found work that was um, challenging, that was rewarding. That I made good money for a 24 year old. I had the nice this apartment that I'm living in now, which is still a sweet pad. Um, I had a motorcycle. I had a car. I had fancy dinners with friends, and I got to buy clothing whenever I wanted. And I kind of had made it, you know. And and I was miserable, you know. And how old were you at this point? I was 24, so I got that job doing um, IT consulting. It started off more of like help desk stuff, but mm-hmm. by the time that I left the job, it was IT consulting. And so I was 21 when I got it. I was a waiter before then. Um, so I went to college. I got a, uh, a two-year degree in graphic design, which I did nothing with. And then I came out of college, and I just I was a waiter. And it was actually a really good experience to be a waiter because it forced me to be social. And I think I was a bit of a introvert and kind of shy before then and I learned that I had to talk in order to make money mm-hmm. which uh, as we all know is a truth so um, so that was great and then and after that I, I got this job and I kind of made it and, and in the beginning it was really exciting because I was growing I was meeting new people putting myself in new environments and I got to play with all these fancy brand new tech toys mm-hmm. and it was really cool but um, by the time the third year or even the second year rolled around, um, something was missing. And what was missing was that sense of purpose. Like there's got to be something more to life than setting up new monitors and walking into a, a network and telling people why their antiquated software is going to collapse mm-hmm. and how I can save them X amount of dollars. Um, so I, was, I desperately wanted to figure out, you know, what the hell do I do with my life? And I didn't know where to go. Blogs, it was 2003. Eight or something blogs. I didn't really know what they were. Mm-hmm. Personal development. Didn't really understand um, that it existed, and um, and I was trying to figure it out. So in those moments, I was in a place of one. It was really monotonous. I had really high highs, really low lows, and I just wanted some like sustainable level of happiness and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I felt hopeless. I felt lost. I felt depressed. I just like didn't have anybody to talk to. And as a man, and the, being conforming to the gender roles that were socialized as 
I wasn't comfortable showing weakness and t talking about what was really going on inside. I, I didn't know that it was okay to be vulnerable. I thought because I had a crazy thought, it meant I was a crazy person. So I lived inside of a self-containing prison of trying to fit into normality mm -hmm. when really I didn't know who I was, I didn't know what I was supposed to do, and I didn't know how the world worked. And I still don't know a lot of that, but I know much more now than I did then. And um, it, just to fast forward a little bit and we can, we can dodge and weave here, but I, I took a trip to Europe and I went alone and I went for five weeks. And the reason why that was so important is because like what travel does, I think, essentially, why people find travel so fascinating beyond the bikinis and the tans and the beers and all mm -hmm. that stuff is that if you really take it, not just a, a vacation but a trip, um, it replaces your assumptions about how life is and, and how life has to be. And that's what it did for me. It, it said, I don't need to be my role in life. I can be authentic. I don't need to live the lifestyle that I thought that I needed to live, which was this kind of corporate IT, um, very professional um, by, by old standards kind of lifestyle. And, uh, and also, it, it, I broke my patterns. And I broke my patterns of thought. So like it's one thing to wake up, to brush your teeth, to take a shower, to mm -hmm. do all these things and those are patterns but just like we have those patterns, we have patterns in our head and I realized when I took this trip that the patterns in my head started to change and I, I had this like fundamental epiphanal moment where I disassociated who I was from what I thought and now that's really easy to, to like say but when you actually literally experience that, it's not just an Eckhart Tolle quote, it's like your actual life that you're like holy shit, I'm not my thoughts. If I'm not my thoughts, I could change my thoughts. If I could change my thoughts, I could change my life. Mm -hmm. Then, um, then to me, that was, that was priceless. And I knew that I, you know, I needed to, uh, to move on. So, um, I immersed myself deeply in the wisdom that now I share. And if there was anything I could give back to the world, it would be to help people go from feeling what I felt like in that moment, that despair, that there's gotta be more. What's my purpose? Who do I talk to? How do I deal with these challenges? From that to then where I am now, which is a much more fulfilled, exciting, purposeful, um, knowledge of self-based life, that's what I want to give to the world. So that's so I do that through coaching, through life coaching, through um, the conference that we're putting on right now, and uh, in any other way that I can. Well, I totally agree that you know travel can have that effect on people. The longest I've spent overseas is when I was 18. I went to Japan for a month, and I came back like completely different. It wasn't that I had culture shock when I went there. It was kind of when I went back. Like when I came back to the United States, I started thinking about things differently and viewing the world differently. And I think that's why people strive to, you know, quit their job and go travel or something because of that reframing that kind of happens. So when you traveled, did you then start writing online after that? Is that when you started Sensify? Yeah. So I was actually just writing about the partying that I was doing mm -hmm. and, um, the girls I was meeting and the, the beers I was drinking and the crazy wild nights that I was sleeping on trains and mm -hmm. going, I think I went to like 14 cities, 11 countries in five weeks. And I had never been to Europe before. So mm -hmm. it was wild times, you know, and at that point in my life, I was all about partying anyway and going out and I was writing home and people were like, wow, you're a really good writer. And I've never taken a writing class or anything like this. And there may I may be a, a decent writer. I, I think if I really work on something, I'm good. But the I think the important lesson for everyone listening is that it was that I was so inspired by life that the writing just like did itself. I didn't mm -hmm. need to 
right. It was just like, how could I not let this energy come out of me? And it, it, its channel was writing at that point. Um, so I came back to New York and I, I was, I kind of knew something needed to change, but I didn't want to be a douche about it and just quit my job and have mm. no plan. So I, I reduced my expenses. I literally cut my expenses in half, sold my bike, my motorcycle, sold my car. Um, and I had a car for eight years. So it's not like, oh, I think I'll just sell my car. Mm -hmm. It was a real big decision for me. Um, I canceled my cable TV. I started, I learned how to cook. Like <laughs> I was a disaster. <laughs> um, I learned how to cook. I, I like, cut the amount of money I was spending socially in half. I stopped buying new clothing and I literally reduced my expenses in half. And then I just wanted to study. So I, I left my job. Um, I figured out how to make that work. And then I just wanted to study, but I wanted to study things that um, I was interested in. Like I said, I grew up a screw up. I hated school. You couldn't pay me to go. Like school sucked for me. <laughs> but I really love learning. It's one of my top strengths. It's one of my top passions. And I wanted to learn how to create an optimal life. You know, I wanted to learn um, about having a purpose and how happiness works and fulfillment and um, conscious capitalism and nutrition, kind of all the things that I felt like were important sexuality, dating, um, money, kind of the future, all these things. Um, so I did. I just immersed myself deeply. And that brought me to um, create a much more fulfilled life. And, and again, then it was if I can give anything and thinking about how can I create a really fulfilled life. And of course, one of the best ways to do that is to, um, to be of service, to contribute, to help. And if there's one thing that was really meaningful for me in the context of service, it was helping people go from feeling hopeless and helpless and lost um, and, and the feelings, right? Like now I can kind of talk about it lightly and, and in a fun way on this conversation with mm -hmm. you. Dude, that shit was not fun. You right, know, right. that was a hard time in my life where like I didn't know what the hell to do and it was really rough. Um, so I have a certain level of empathy and understanding for people who are in that space and I just wanted to help in any way that I could. And it just started as a blog sensitivity. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate and just wanting to provide value and then in some way figure out eventually how do I turn this into a business. And so at first you were writing it almost for yourself. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, that, that's safe to say. I want to say I was writing for my friends, but nobody gave a shit. <laughs> and so as you were figuring this stuff out and as you were trying to live this more fulfilling life, what were some of like the key like books or people that you started reading that kind yeah. of put you on the path to where you are now? Yeah, so for everyone who's listening who's not familiar with Brian Johnson, uh, he's been the most influential person um, that I've met online um, and probably just in my life in general, top five guys um, or, or people. And, uh, and what he was saying is like we never got really – so two things. One is he created a product called Philosopher's Notes and um, the product Philosopher's Notes – what he does is he it's more wisdom and less time. So he, him being a thriving entrepreneur and really cool overall dude, and he's like, how can I get paid to do what I love to do? Well, we got to figure out what do you love to do first? So the first thing he's like, I just want to read. Like I love reading so much that I would pay to read every single day. And he's like, well, how can I then get paid to read every single day? Just a great question and totally unrealistic by um, society's norms. Mm -hmm. And so what he ultimately did was he, um, he read probably, I don't know how many books, but he created a hundred philosopher's notes on different subjects from money and abundance to positive psychology, to leadership, to modern day classics, to old school philosophy. And he just distilled the 10 biggest ideas that these, 
um, people were sharing in a language that was translatable for a freaking knucklehead like me, where <laughs> I didn't get Marcus Aurelius, I didn't get Socrates, I didn't get Carl Jung or whoever, you know, like I didn't, to me that was so far, I'm the dude who grew up doing graffiti, you know? Mm-hmm not the dude who was in the library reading. I didn't read a book until I was 20 years old. Like, that's insane. <laughs> and um, and he made it really translatable in a way that was just like, it's simple. Like, they're all saying the same things. Basically, be optimistic, have a sense of purpose, contribute, rock your exercise and your nutrition. And it was just like kind of fundamentals of optimal living. So Brian had the biggest impact on me by far. And He's um he's been uh, a friend and mentor in the, over the last three years. We've grown really close, and he's producing his company is producing the conference WTF Should I Do It My Life that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, if if anybody's not familiar with Brian's work, definitely suggest you check that out. And so, have you you've had some experiences um, in your life where you've kind of pushed what people think that they could do. One of them was going to a Jets game with Gary Vaynerchuk. So, do you want yeah. to talk a little bit about how that came about and? how that kind of pushed you as an individual? Yeah, for sure. And then jump in and let me know if there's something specific that you want to know, and I'll give you the general gist, okay? okay? So um, I was reading The 4-Hour Workweek, which Brian had suggested to me, and they get to the, it's a great book. And my favorite part of the book is the first section. There's four sections. It's the first section, and it's just kind of Tim Ferriss's philosophy on life. And there's one part in that section where he talks about it's realistic to be unrealistic. And this part just sunk to me because everything I was doing in my life, my family was saying was unrealistic. My friends were saying, you're out of your mind. And society told me I was a failure because I was going to do these things. And what Tim was saying is he's like, 99% of people aim to achieve goals in one bracket. And it's a, it's a huge bracket. And it makes getting to the top of that bracket really energy draining and um, resource intensive and really difficult because everybody's shooting for goals in that in that bracket. So to get to the top of it is really hard. But there's another bracket that only 1% of people are crazy enough to go for, and that's being unrealistic. And it's actually not harder. It's easier to do things that are unrealistic because fewer people are willing to, to take on these crazy goals. So he says the fishing is best where the fewest go. Um, and that most people are too busy trying to, to make base hits that they're, they'll never hit a home run. Mm-hmm so inspired by this idea that I wrote about it on my blog and one of my readers called me out and he said, you know, Jacob, this is great that you're talking about this, but why don't you actually live it? I'm like, all right. <laughs> it's always great to be called out by a blog commenter, you know. So hopefully someone can call you out on this so you know what that feels like. <laughs> um, I'm joking. But yeah, so the idea was, I was like, well, I was looking for polite ways to reply to, his name was John without sounding like a douche, you know, like yeah. I about this thing and I didn't, I was just looking for polite ways to decline and I like was literally trying to type on my keyboard, you know, I was trying to get it out and I'm like, no, no, that's not going to work, backspace, backspace, and you know, <laughs> that's not going to work and, um, and after like 30 seconds, I just start walking around my apartment and I start thinking and basically what, what he says is, um, he challenged me to um, to take Gary Vaynerchuk to a Jets game. I read Gary's Crush It. It was really influential in the path that I was on. Um, Gary is from New York. He says he's going to own the Jets one day. 
And he thinks, so John is like, yo, why don't you take Gary Vaynerchuk to a Jets game? Dude, I've, I don't even think I've ever watched a football game in my life at this point. <laughs> watched it, but I didn't know what the hell was going on, you know? <laughs> so I knew nothing about football. I knew nothing about Gary except I read his book and he has a million followers on Twitter. Um, that's really all I knew. And I, so I started thinking like Gary V to a Jets game, Gary V to a Jets game. And I can like vividly remember limping around my apartment because I, I had a cane and my ankle was twisted and I'm like just limping around thinking of polite ways to decline. And I'm like, all right, screw it. You know what? Let me go downstairs. I live in New York. I live in Queens. And I start walking around my block in Queens. And at some point, like three fourths of the way around my block, I start to like tear up and get chills. And it was just a moment like you got to trust that, you know, you got to trust there's something to that. And it was, so, you know, Pat Flynn mm -hmm. and it was, it was at the time that Pat Flynn had a, a um, ditch, uh, uh, a niche dual challenge or something mm -hmm. like niche site challenge dual. And, um, and, uh, and basically Pat was like um, documenting the process of him trying to achieve this goal. Mm -hmm. It was like, Pat was one of the guys who I learned how to blog from. And I was like, oh, man, I can just use Pat's methodology of documenting all these things. And even if I never get to go to the game with Gary, I'll just show people like this is how you approach doing something unrealistic. Um, and it was a service mindset. That's why I was like, I don't care about football. Gary Vaynerchuk is, you know, he's a great guy, I'm sure. But I, I really don't know him. It's not like I have a huge man crush on him. It's mm -hmm. just whatever. So that was the idea is I can show people that it's possible to do something more than what you think um, you can do. Um, long story short is five weeks later, um, actually I think it was less, I think it was three weeks later, I, uh, I got the email back from Gary. He's like, I'm in, let's do it. And uh, <laughs> So you, you like bought him the tickets and you just showed up and hung out and... Gary has season passes to all the Jets games and um, he has like not only season passes, he has floor seating, like not just on the floor. There's like a private VIP club that mm -hmm. elite of the elite have. So um, he provided the ticket and then we and then he was with so many friends that there were two different sections. So I actually ended up sitting like I think it was somewhere around like. 15 rows back from the field, um, which was just uh, an incredible experience. So he paid for the tickets. Mm -hmm. So what do you think was the catalyst for that actually happening? Was it, you know, like documenting it and showing Gary like the drive and the reason why you were doing it? Yeah. So Gary didn't know, like Gary didn't see any of the posts because um, just the timing, the way it worked out, I didn't, I didn't send him any posts. And I, I, created a lot of content first before I started to release the series. Um, and literally the day that I released the first post about it, the day after is when Gary told me that he was in. Mm -hmm. For me, I kind of took that leap of faith and like, all right, screwed. I've been working on this for a long time, but I'm, I still need to publish content even before I know if he's in or not. Um, and I think the main thing was is, and I'm realizing this is one of my strengths. And I think that it's important for all of us to figure out really what we're good at and what makes us unique. Um, and that's a process that happens over time. And it was that I came from the heart. Like I, I just said, dude, like I'm just hard and hustle. I'm just giving it what I got. Um, I use strategy. I figured out what our commonalities were. Mm -hmm. So New York, I'm from New York. Gary's Jewish. I'm Jewish. So I dropped little, you know, chutzpah words. And, <laughs> you know, I like figured out how to subtly, yeah. you know, build commonalities. 
but I know like he's a big, so I use words like playa and like hope your game. And, you know, I just was authentic and real and there was strategy in there, mm-hmm. but it was doing this so I can show people that it's possible to live the message that you talk about and that I talk about. And there's no pressure, but, um, what's up, dude? Are you, are you down or what? Yeah. Well, that's cool. I just think that's a cool story to share with people because I think especially with online people and authors and things like that, they think they're just like impossible to reach. Yeah. But like the internet is a lot smaller than say like Hollywood. Like if you're trying to reach like Tom Cruise or something like that might be impossible, but like someone that writes a book or runs a really, really popular blog, like they're a little bit more accessible than Obama or something, you know? For sure. So, so talk a little bit about this upcoming conference you have are you calling it like an online conference is that a good name for it yeah it's a virtual conference virtual conference and so tell us a little bit about it it's a week long right and there's tons of people in it so go ahead and tell us a little bit about it and what people can expect from it yeah well that's another great example of connecting with people who you totally admire and appreciate and have no idea how the hell you would connect with them so mm-hmm. we can talk about that a little bit more in the strategy that i used for that also um, but the idea is that um, there's uh, there's all this great wisdom out there, um, and it's fantastic. But there's also a, a unique set of challenges that people in our generation are facing, and oftentimes this wisdom is just kind of vague and maybe old school. And um, I was really interested in what are the challenges that are that young adults are facing, people like you and me, um, and also. What are, the, what are the specific challenges of being a young adult, yet at the same time, what are the challenges that are unique to our generation, 2013, internet, um, mark, job market where it is, and just what's going on with society today? And then how can I take some of the, the wisdom that's been most transformative in my life and do what Brian did for me in the sense that he made it super translatable, where like my boys don't give a shit about positive psychology. Mm-hmm. They don't. The people who I hang out with when I'm in New York, who I consider my close friends, they think it's cool when I talk about it, but they're not going to read a book on, um, you know, the how of happiness or, you know, just any of these other kind of interesting books that I found so useful. Um, So what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring my voice and then go to Harvard, go to Stanford, go to NYU, go to Columbia, go to some of the top of the top professors in the world who have really relevant wisdom to offer and be myself and ask questions that I um, based on what I've intuitively experienced, but then also on the research that I've done that sociologists have documented about what are what's happening with our generation. Um, so I was lining up, you know, here's what sociologists are saying is happening, and then I would go to the positive psychologists and say, how do we deal with that? And all in a voice that is as, you know, accessible as talking to somebody at a lounge or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody in Starbucks. And so when someone attends it, um, they can attend for free, right? And what, are, what do they expect? What will what, happen? Yeah, so they'd head on over to the, uh, the main page, check out the video, um, and then you'd sign up. And it is a six-day event. There'll be five interviews released, approximately five interviews released each day, depending on what time. So mm-hmm. let's say 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. It's completely free to stream for the 24-hour period that that interview is um, after it's been initially played. And then if they want to own all 33 of the interviews and the transcripts, we made it an absolute no-brainer decision that they, sh- they can purchase it for 25 bucks during the conference, 50 bucks after. It's literally you need no brain to be able to understand that <laughs> decision. There's just absolutely why wouldn't you? 
Um, if you have a good reason why you wouldn't, please let me know because I'm still trying to find one. Um, but so that's that's kind of the gist. And what's the URL that people can go to to check that out? If you just go to www.sensify slash WTF, that'll take you over to the conference page. Okay, great. And then you said it was really key for you to connect with all these people because you have some big name people that are a part of this conference. So you said connecting was a big part of that. How did you go about, you know, getting into these people's networks and then getting them to be a part of this conference? Yeah. So again, I think the major thing was coming from the heart and knowing um, why you were, why I was doing what I was doing, having a mission, having a cause, having something I really believed in, and then linking up with Brian. And Brian, I mean, when I first met Brian and we were talking about the possibility of doing this conference, and he, I just was really excited. I said, "Hey, B, there's um." There's it's a topic I'm really interested in as far as understanding the sociology of what's going on with uh, with my generation. And he said, hey, dude, do you want to – I'm thinking I'm going to use it for coaching clients. And he's saying, hey, dude, why don't we do a conference on that? And I'm not getting it because to me, Brian is a hero. He's an, he's uh, someone I really admire. And mm-hmm. the idea that I could work with him was just incredible. And, and that came from um, just, again, following the heart and uh, – doing things I was passionate about and, and showing up consistently over those um, three years that I knew him. But so Brian kind of gave me a helping hand in the sense that um, he said, who, who do I know that you'd want to know or you'd want to get in contact with? And we started off with like Alan Cohen and um, Heidi, Dr. Heidi Grant Halverson from Columbia, um, Pilar Jarismo, who's the founding chief of um, Experience Life magazine. And we, we kind of developed a, a core base of people who we knew in our network who were up to participate with us. And once that was established and we had those five or ten people, then I went and reached out to the people who weren't in our network, who um, who I was really excited, Tony Schwartz, Daniel Coyle, um, Nicole Daydone, kind of uh, people who I really admired their work, Sonia Libomirsky, Tal Ben-Shahar, who taught the most po- uh, popular class at Harvard, who you quote on um, your About page, I mm-hmm. think, some quote. And... Uh, and then I kind of reached out to them and said, hey, these people are on board. This is what we're doing. This is why it's really unique. This is We're really excited to share your wisdom um, and make it really accessible to a demographic who probably normally wouldn't um, have access to it or be so excited about it because they don't understand how awesome it is. And, um, and we're really excited to help you promote your wisdom. Um, this is the idea. Zero pressure. These people are on board. If you're up for it, you know, would be, you know, I'm a huge fan. Would love to have you as a part of it. And uh, they're like, of course, again, another no-brainer. Why wouldn't I do this? This looks mm-hmm. the same. So what are some of the themes of the six days? And like at the end, do you kind of have some like tangible like actions and steps for you to take to kind of figure these things out? Yeah, so I, I kind of broke up um, the different topics into the ones that I felt like were most relevant. And I think it starts with knowledge of self, figuring out who am I and who do I want to become. Because um, without that, and that's a process that's not like, oh, well, I'll sit down for a while and answer that question. But that's a process of figuring that stuff out. And, uh, and I think it starts there. And then, so that's one topic. Then another is success. So what is success? How do we achieve it? Um, does it equal happiness? Which goals are worth setting? What is the science of, of goal setting? Intrinsic versus extrinsic goals. Which ones actually make us happy? Mm-hmm. There's around this stuff. Um, then we talk about purpose. Why are we here? You know, what, what's the difference between our jobs and our calling? Is there a difference? 
for me, I was really excited to explore pop culture and what the challenges of living in today's culture are, how it shapes our identities, our friendships, our ambitions, our understandings of who we are and what we should do with our life and why that's probably not serving us in the best way. Um, we look at health subjects like how to master our minds, increase our physical energy, <clears throat> um, optimize our emotional well-being, and just like overall, how do you how do you be healthy mm -hmm. going forward? Where's the world going? Where's technology taking us? And uh, and what are the possibilities that exist for us? I think so many of our fo of us are still thinking about traditional careers or wondering, can I do this with my life? Can I not? And the idea is, you know, what what opportunities exist? Um, and then just to, to wrap it up, I'm also, I wanted to make sure it was really real and we're not only talking about the like publicly correct shit, but that we're actually also talking about things that really do make a difference in every aspect of our life. So we talk about dating, relationships, love. I explore topics like non-monogamy, polyamory, um, shameless sexuality, optimal orgasms, just things that I'm interested in. You know, I may not be so public about it, but I'm, I, I think that's really important to know those things. Um, and then a um, couple, couple last quick points is we talk about money and wealth, uh, which is a, a huge topic that I know you are uh, mastering over here. And, um, and then quality of life. So all this wisdom is great, but what does it matter if it doesn't affect the quality of life? What does it actually take to live this wisdom and not just talk about it? That's a lot jammed into a week. And I'm going to try to attend as much of it live as I can, but definitely, you know, share this with my audience because i think it's a perfect fit like the people that i'm trying to reach and talk to are the perfect people to attend this awesome. kind of conference so and i know logistically it's probably a huge nightmare to try to put something like this together with like how many teachers and talkers do you have on this thing Dude, we've got um 32 talkers 33 interviews um it's 14 months in the making which is insane it feels like i have a child and a half inside of my belly about <laughs> about to burst <laughs> so so what would be your um your main piece of advice for either aspiring entrepreneurs or ones that are currently doing it but aren't quite to where they want to be yet mm, yeah great question um the coach in me wants more information i'm like tell me specifically what the issue is <laughs> so so let's say let's say they're just not earning they're not earning what they want to be earning yeah um uh that's awesome so I think that it there's care about what you're doing and I think in order to care about what you're doing you have to have experienced the from from me from my point of view um in some regards for me I had to experience what my potential clients are experiencing to know what that feels like to know what it's mm -hmm. like to that person and then get really excited about helping them and serving them and like really give a shit like this is really cool to help somebody go from that place to this place and really care about that really need to be passionate about it because let's face it being an entrepreneur is just crazy you're out of your mind if you're mm -hmm. going to be an entrepreneur and um just because it, you give so much to it you, it's like like having a baby so um i think that in order to really care so much about something you you really do need to um, be passionate about it. And then I think that oftentimes we're, we're especially people who are overachievers or who are really ambitious or people who, who want to be successful, which is all of us, um, we think that we think in win-then terms. When I'm successful, then I'll feel this way. When I'm successful, then I'll feel confident, then I'll feel generous, then I'll feel lighthearted, then I'll feel playful, then I'll feel accomplished. And <clears throat> what we want to do is we want to reverse engineer that. 
So get really clear on what it is you think that you'll feel like when you are successful and spend time. It's probably going to take you much less time than you'd imagine. You could probably do that in an hour or a day. And um, then get clear on how can you start to feel those things right now. So if you think when you're successful, then you'll be generous. How can you start being generous right now? If you think that you'll be more playful and lighthearted, how can you be that now? Um, And I'd say start with that. Start by figuring out what it is that you really care about, what you think you'll feel when you achieve whatever success you're looking to achieve, and then how you can start to feel whatever it is that you want to feel right now. Yeah, I really like that philosophy because a lot of people think, oh, if I just had more money or if I just had more time or something, then I could do all these things with my life. I could travel more or I could give more to charity or, you know, be happier. But when you start to lay out, okay, what are those things that I think will happen when I get to a certain point? And why can't I just do that stuff now? Like, why do I need to have a soul sucking job that's six figures or something just so I can travel? Why don't I find ways to travel now and earn income a different way? And so I think that's a very interesting way to look at it is like knowing what you want the future to look like and then figuring out how you can do it now without doing things you don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. And I would even encourage people more than look like feel because I, I don't know what I want the future to look like, but I know what I want it to feel like. Mm-hmm. And I try to figure out what we want it to look like. In a sense, we rob ourselves of the potential to create something really unique. Um, and just one other caveat that I would I'd throw in, um, and this is just straight from me, is just I think the most powerful thing, the, mo- the most valuable asset in your business is you. And that means that you like on a personal level, me on a personal level, I really need to be on point for my business to be on point. A lot of people, oh, I'm too busy working. I don't have time to exercise or I'm saving money. I don't want to buy, you know, this kind of food or whatever it is. And I think that it starts from the inside out and it's about getting your yourself, your consciousness, your health to a place where that really works um, and then letting that trend um, go into the business. Um, and one other thing is there's so many businesses out there. What makes your business different from all the other ones? And you guys do this awesomely at um, Think Traffic and Pocket Changed. And it's the fact to be authentic, to be you. Like to me, that's the that's what differentiates me from the other, you know, 500,000 life coaches out there, right? Is I'm me. You're going to hear about the times that I was climbing through the subway tunnels with a spray can in my hand or the mm-hmm. roof jumping across of or the cops were shaped, whatever the hell it was, right? I'm going to be me. I'm, I have a hell of a fucking story to share. <laughs> Don't know about. And um, that's what I offer. That's my gift to the world is how can I take that realness that people aren't willing to, and you don't need to say shit that you're uncomfortable saying, but how real can you be? How authentic? If I'm feeling a certain way, if I am a certain way, can I be that? Can I create a, can I be a person that I'm proud to be? Um, and then help liberate other people from the confines of their their persona that they've created and allow them to be more authentic and do what they want to do regardless of what people say or think about them because they know that they're being true to themselves and um, f- helping them find people to support them in that process. Yeah, and going back to what you were saying about looking forward about the when I have this, then I'll have this. It's like those intrinsic things. Like we, It's easy to think of the material things like, oh, I want a nice house and I want a nice car and things like that. But it's like, how are you, how are you feeling? Like I liked that angle that you had on it because that's not what people talk about. And that's not what you see when you see someone that's, quote, successful or popular or something. You don't know what their the inside of their head is like. 
Yeah. And how awful it may be sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that, and then that's the science of um, happiness, right? So positive psychology has done rigorous um, showing data that just unequivocally shows we know what makes people happy. So what's your goal? I mean, what's your goal? Is your goal to be happy? Is your goal to be fulfilled? Is your goal to be on MTV or, or TMZ? Like, what's your goal? If your goal is to be happy and fulfilled, it's really quite simple. We have three kind of basic psychological needs that, that we know that when we set goals that focus on these things called intrinsic goals, we're going to be happier. So it's um, relationships. When we set goals that focus on relationships, when we set goals that focus on growth, in our personal life or, or in any way, but kind of on getting better and improving. And when we, when we set goals that focus on contribution, relationships, we know that these are the types of goals that make us happier. Um, Heidi Grant Halverson, she's one of the world's leading positive psychologists who we interviewed for the conference. She has a great book called Succeed, which is the science of um, success. I think that's what it's called or the science of achievement. And she's literally showing what does it take to accomplish goals. This is the science of goal setting, not just wishful thinking, um, and what kind of goals are actually worth setting. And just a quick note, the, the goals that aren't worth setting, at least if, you're, if you care about your happiness, is um, the goals that focus on money, fame, beauty, and uh, power for power over other people just for the sake of power over other people. And it's not that any of those things are inherently wrong. It's just that if you focus on those goals solely for the sake of them, of the money, the fame, and the beauty, you're going to be less psychologically stable and unhappier. So with that in mind, it, it just becomes, a, again, another no-brainer. And we live in a society that tells us to focus on those things, and it's a challenge. It's, a, it's not going to say it's not a huge challenge, even for me. Like I'm like shit, I really think I need some new t-shirts because these ones look kind of raggedy. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to like balance that, um, that internal dialogue between um, what are the priorities, my, my psychological stability or that I want to look hot when I walk into a, a bar. <laughs> well, we covered a ton of different um, things like everywhere from Philosopher's Note to um, the conference and the book you just mentioned. So all, all, all these things I've been writing down, they'll be in the show notes if people go to pocketchange.com slash 14 that's one four and there'll be links to all these things that jacob and i have talked about but where can people find you online jacob and find out more about what you do yeah for sure so www.sensophy.com that's s-e-n-s-o-p-h-y.com um that is the uh the business and the website and of course if um if you guys are interested in learning more about how we can collaborate or if you are inspired by this chat and support you on your own personal journey. You can um, fill out an application for coaching. Um, but I say the next step is actually sign up for the conference. For all It's free this week. We've got 32 incredibly genius people um, all talking about just the stuff that we mentioned today. And, um, and I th so that's, again, sensify.com slash WTF. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today, Jacob. I, I love your story. And we met the first time over a year and a half ago. And um, it's just cool to see where people go like over that amount of time when you when you have so many connections online and you don't talk, you know, every month or every three or six months. It's just cool to check back in and be like, hey, how are things going? I've been following you and seeing what you've been doing, but maybe we haven't talked. And it's just great to connect again. And especially, I mean, this thing took you 14 months to put together. So you've been working on this almost the whole time that between yeah. the last two times we hung out. So it's good to talk to you again.
Hey, right back at you, dude. And as I mentioned earlier, it's just great to see where you've come over those 14 months as well and everything that you've got going on and just how you're showing up um, patiently, persistently, diligently, and um, just helping a ton of people, myself included. So thank you, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, man. Okay, later. So I hope you enjoyed this chat with Jacob. In the next session, I'll be sitting down with Steve Cam of Nerd Fitness. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Pocket Changed Cubicle Renegade Podcast at www.pocketchanged.com. To read this episode's show notes or check out other sessions, head over to cubiclerenegade.com.